Welcome to Lost in Insight. I'm Mark Fancourt-Smith, and I use the pronouns he, him. I'm a partner in Lawson Lindell's Vancouver office, and I practice in the firm's dispute resolution group. And I'm Alexandra Stoichev. I use the pronoun she, her. I'm an associate in the firm's Calgary office, and I practice primarily in the dispute resolution group as well. Thank you for joining us on Lawson in Insight. On this episode, we'll be speaking with Gareth Williams about the new digital services tax that is being introduced in Canada. Gareth is a partner in our Vancouver office, bringing over 15 years of experience to Lawson Lundell's tax group. He obtained his legal education in the UK prior to coming to Canada in 2003 and advises clients in various industries from large private BC-based companies to international public companies. Gareth's also one of my favorite people to talk to. So, Gareth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mark. Welcome. Uh, thanks, Alex. Delighted to be here. Long-time listener, first-time participant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we wanted to talk to you today about the new digital services tax, and uh, you had done a blog recently on it, and I don't think I can do better than, than how you introduced it in the blog, where you specified that most taxation is concerned with raising revenue for government expenditure in the short term. Uh, a well-designed modern tax will also typically involve a, a well-thought-out withholding mechanism, uh, and this one does neither one of those things. So what can you tell us about the digital services tax? Um, you're quite right, Mark, and it, it is a bit unusual. Um, and so for that reason, I was drawn to it and drawn to write about it like a lot of your participants. And I suspect I write about things that interest me, and I'm, I'm excited to, to find out that it might interest somebody else too. So the digital services tax um, is a bit unusual um, in that uh, it's uh, a tax on revenue rather than on profit or consumption or some other more typical tax bases. The digital services tax is designed to tax digital business in Canada. Uh, and uh, there are a couple of thresholds. There's a, a revenue threshold and a, a Canadian profits threshold. And it's also focusing in on, on four types of digital activity. But you're quite right. It doesn't seek to bring in tax right away. The, the earliest it would be would be 2024. And there is no withholding or collection mechanism. So those features interest me and, and might interest your listeners. So you mentioned that one of the somewhat unusual aspects of it is that it's taxing revenue and not profit. What aspects of, of digital services revenue is it targeting? Yeah, there are four categories, Mark. So there's uh, online marketplace services revenue. Uh, think of your Ebays, uh, buy and sell, that sort of thing. Uh, there's online advertising services revenue. So that might be directed to a Google or a Facebook, indeed. Um, social media services revenue, the usual platforms, uh, and then user data revenue. And all those are kind of defined in some detail in the legislation. Those are the four buckets that it's looking to tax. And so why is it being brought in now? What is it, I guess, about the current tax structure that is viewed as being insufficient um, in order to target those particular categories of businesses? That's a very good question, Alex. So um, the answer is partly an old answer and partly a new answer. So, you know, for roughly 120, 130 years, the OECD and other groups have grappled with how to tax multinational corporations. And the answers aren't obvious, and they involve some element of compromise, both kind of political and from a policy perspective. Um, you might tax a, a company based on the location of its head office, or you might tax it based on where it makes its sales, or you might tax it uh, based on the location of its incorporation, or something like that, some other factor. Um, but the answer, you know, is inevitably an element of, involves an element of compromise. And the digital service tax sort of fits into that discussion and debate. After 2008, after the financial crisis, and kind of tied in with a look at Google and Starbucks, both in the UK and the US Senate and in the EU with their state aid investigations, 
um, there's been a lot of focus on, on whether the global tax system, international corporate tax system, is adequate for taxing multinationals. And this is the new aspect of the, of the question. A digital business can go into a jurisdiction um, and make sales and have lots of profits without doing the things that you might traditionally have to do. You don't have to have a mine site or an office or a local staff. You can make sales and make profits without attracting uh, a tax charge. That's the issue that many countries are grappling with, and Canada is not alone in, in trying to address that issue. Gareth, you mentioned the, the OECD has been considering this. Where is Canada's digital services tax, or how is it in alignment with what the OECD is doing or not? That's a good question, Mark. So I suppose the answer is that Canada, at least in its stated aims with this new legislation, hopes that the tax won't come into effect. So the great hope is that there will be a multilateral solution at the OECD at some point between now and 2024. And the terms that tax people like to use are pillar one and pillar two. And they're, they're kind of dual aspects of the same overall approach, which is here's how we propose to tax multinational corporations in the 21st century. And the very, very brief summary of those approaches is that there's a, a shift in allocation of taxing rights away from the residence jurisdictions to the marketplace jurisdictions. So if you are a Google or somebody and you go and make sales in France, France will have a little bit more uh, capacity to tax you if the OECD compromise is, is accepted and kind of put into place. So it's looking yeah. at, yeah, so is it fair to say that it's looking at, yeah, where those revenues are actually earned as opposed to where the business itself is located? Right. You know, if there is a multilateral solution, Canada has said that it won't bring into effect the digital services tax. Um, so you, then you might well say, well, why produce draft legislation and why put it forward now? And that, we think, fits into the context of an uh, ongoing trade dispute with the U.S., on things like electric cars and tariffs and those sorts of things. So it's a lever to encourage other countries to hurry up and, and, and get on board with the OECD deal, because if that doesn't occur, then lots of countries will introduce digital services taxes. That will be economically inefficient, and it's not really what the kind of collective wants to get done. So in, in addition to not being designed to generate revenue in the short term, not having a withholding mechanism. It's also uh, legislation produced in the hope that it never needs to be passed. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, which, <laughs> which is why I love talking about this tax. Yeah. Um, um, it's, you know, almost entirely theoretical. Yeah. yeah. Now, has there been any reaction from industry or from the digital services industry with respect to this potential tax? I mean, it's 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 come out as a possibility, but whether one can look at past practices, how they defray the cost to them? Or do we have any indication about who is ultimately going to bear the burden of this? Yes, we do. So the French introduced a digital services tax a year or two ago. And you know, fairly shortly thereafter, uh, Netflix raised its prices in France. And this points towards a truism of corporate taxes. And that's that uh, they can't really be borne by corporations themselves, even though the corporation is formally speaking the taxpayer and has to write a cheque. The effective instance or the, the actual burden of that tax is borne in some proportion between shareholders, employees and customers of that business. And in the case of Netflix in France, it was borne entirely by French customers. So France introduces a digital services tax and the Netflix bill to a French customer goes up by the same amount. And you know that's not a direct relationship because it does depend on what economists call the elasticity of demand for streaming services. But really, it's just you know, how much is Netflix able to pass the burden of that tax on and how much is the French consumer willing to put up with. Early indications are that digital services taxes are borne almost entirely by customers in the countries 
which introduced them. Earlier, you mentioned that it's not set to come into force until 2024, if it comes into effect at all. Once it does, what are the mechanisms for enforcement? Um, well, um, there aren't any, um, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> now, I'm being a little bit unfair. So there is an entirely separate piece of legislation. So the digital services tax doesn't fit into, for example, the Income Tax Act or the Excise Tax Act. So it's a whole new piece of law. And there are the sorts of things you might expect to see, such as, you know, here's a return that you have to file and um, here's how you pay your taxes. But but we're talking about a taxpayer base that will include um, both domestic enterprises and, and foreign enterprises. And of course, that makes sense. A Canadian digital services tax would have to address the giants of Silicon Valley because they are the big players in our, our market. The difficulty is that there's no obvious means to collect the tax from them. Now, this might be by design. So it might be that Canada assumes that because the very high revenue thresholds to um, be subject to this tax, that the sorts of taxpayers who fall into that bracket are are going to comply necessarily because they're good corporate citizens and they want to be on board. Um, And it it might also be because there's an assumption, again, that the cost we passed on to the Canadian consumer. And so the corporation will be indifferent as to whether it complies and so may as well face with the choice. uh, If it doesn't cost you anything, why not comply with the law? Um, Let's put that on a T-shirt, by the way. Um. <laughs> it's an interesting endpoint to um, you know if this tax was sort of almost born of a populist wish uh, or a popular wish to to have these corporations pay their fair share, but ultimately it is really just going to result in you paying three dollars a month more for Netflix. Has it accomplished anything in the end? Uh, almost certainly not. Um, but I answer that way because I'm, I'm a lawyer and I think about economics and I think about tax policy. From a political point of view, it might accomplish something. But I think, um, you know, a, our collective duty as citizens is to think about the sorts of laws we'd like to have implemented. And I adhere strongly to the idea that laws ought to be sensible and well thought out and ought to have stated, clearly stated aims. And they ought to be measured by the extent to which they achieve those aims. And that also tax policymakers ought to be honest in the way that they make their policy. So if the goal is to raise revenue, then state that goal, raise the revenue in the most efficient way that you can and be honest about where the burden is going to fall. Because uh, we already have lots of taxes in Canada that would be you know, well directed at, at uh, taxing Canadian consumers of digital content. The GST would be an example. And we already have enforced mechanisms in place for that tax. So, you know, what, what can you do as a Canadian uh, citizen or consumer when faced with a new digital services tax? Well, write to your member of parliament and say, you know, please put into place sensible laws and tell me why you're doing this. Well, I'm curious, we'll have to check back in with you in two years in 2024 and do part two of this and see whether it's been implemented, whether they've made any changes to it and... I'd like that very much. And almost certainly by then, there'll be a new and even crazier idea. So I'll have something to talk about. (laughs) Gareth, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And and you and I will speak in in, uh, less time than two years. I look forward to it, Mark. Thanks, Alex. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Lost in Insight. Thanks again to Gareth Williams for joining us today. And make sure to check out his blog on the digital services tax available on the Lost in Lendell website. You can also stay up to date by connecting with us on social media using the handle at Lawson Lindell and by subscribing to the podcast on Google, Apple, or Spotify podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.